Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. One man car. Happy Monday within the octave of Easter. My name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. I want to just remind you that uh, the month of April is dedicated to both to the devotion to the Holy Eucharist, devotion to the Holy Spirit. This tradition has developed because of Easter Sunday, which is what I'm going to talk about today. It often falls in April, and in essence, April is a month of Easter, and during the Easter celebration, we remember the Eucharistic sacrifice because Christ gave it to us at the Last Supper, and that's the gift of the Holy Spirit to make us fishers of men as well. Also, let's not forget that uh, as Catholics, one of the things that we're looking forward to is also the Feast of Pentecost. I want to remind you also that anybody that wants to go to the Holy Land with me, anybody who wants to go to the Holy Land with me, I'm going to be going on October 6th to the 16th of uh, this year. October 6th to the 16th. For more information on that, go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. And let's hang out for nine days together, pray together, go to Mass together, and uh, and go walk the land where Jesus Christ walked, where God walked. <clears throat> I also want to remind you about April 28th, 29th, and 30th, Satan Con is going to be held, the Satanic Conference is going to be held in Boston Marriott, Copley Place over in Boston, Massachusetts. There's a lot of Catholics that are organizing to go out there and do a peaceful prayer rally. That's April 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Santanic Conference. Just reminding you, uh, Catholics are mobilizing, ready to go out there and get involved in a peaceful prayer rally. So, uh, <coughs> can you imagine <clears throat> Easter Sunday? That uh, what, an, what an incredible day. Easter Sunday, let's just be honest. Yesterday was a game changer. The victory that was wrought yesterday, it leaves the human race speechless and breathless, and the effects of the resurrection can be felt at every Catholic funeral, especially when people die in a state of grace. This day turns every frown upside down, and the resurrection, Easter Sunday, has given us hope beyond anything this fallen world could ever promise us. My wish, my wish is that the, that the risen Lord bless you and your family beyond any human measure. And one day when we come out of our own graves by the power of the risen Son of God, and we will hear the, bo- the voice of His command, and He will say, get out, get up. And we will, we will come up out of our own graves, and we will say, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He really rose. Alleluia. Alleluia. You know, there's an old Persian legend which says that the earth was created a great barren plain without tree or plant. And the legend from Persia goes that the creator sent an angel 
to abundantly scatter the choicest seeds on every spot. But then Satan, seeing the seeds on the ground, was determined to destroy the work of God. He and his demons buried all the seeds in the soil. They then summoned the sun and the showers to make them rot away. Satan sneered with triumph at the trick that he had pulled, but not for long. Because in a few days, the buried seeds began to germinate and grow beneath the ground. And soon they pushed their shoots above the soil. All the earth sprang up with plants and flowers. The creator had turned the cunning of the evil one to good account. And so in the days to come, Satan thought that he would destroy the work of redemption by burying the Son of God beneath the ground. But the power of God sprang up and the crucified Christ came forth on Easter, glorious and victorious. And as Catholics, what a day, what what a day. but the power of God sprang up from the grave and the crucified Jesus Christ came forth on Easter, glorious and victorious. The fact is the foundation of our faith. This fact of the resurrection is the foundation of our Catholic faith. As St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, if Christ has not risen, vain then is your preaching. Vain too is your faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 14. If Jesus did not really rise by his own power from the tomb, then he's not God. Then the church he established, therefore, would not be the church of God. But we know with a certainty greater than any other fact in history that Christ rose from the grave. And to prove this, we must first of all be sure that Christ really died and was buried. Let's look at the evidence. The Gospels give every evidence that Christ truly died. The disciples of Christ, the Roman officer, the soldiers, and even the Jews testify to his death. Moreover, it would have been impossible for the Savior not to have died. He had no food or rest for hours before his sufferings, sufferings that would kill the strongest man. Consider also the fact, consider also the agony in the garden, the scourging, the crowning with thorns, and the carrying of the cross, a 300-pound cross. In fact, the Jews were afraid that Christ might die before they got him to Calvary. That was a 600-yard walk from the Praetorium to Calvary. So they enlisted, Simon of Cyrene, they conscripted the help of Simon of Cyrene to carry the cross. Our Lord himself said, it is finished. And then a soldier pierced his side with a lance. It is ridiculous even to suggest that Christ did not really die. Yet that's one of the scores of statements made to disprove the resurrection by the secular humanist. Let's look at the next fact. Christ was truly buried. The evangelists in St. Paul tell us clearly that Christ was placed in a tomb. They describe how he was wrapped in linens 
and how a huge rock was placed before the entrance. Suddenly, soldiers were assigned to watch day and night. Certainly the enemies of Christ would make sure he was dead. And after, after they had gone all the trouble of condemning him to death, of course, they were going to, number one, make sure he was dead. And then they were going to guard the tomb without a doubt. But Christ truly rose. Here's some of the evidence. <clears throat> yes, we believe it. We believe it for 2,000 years. We have all the evidence to prove our belief. Read the letters of St. Paul. He clearly shows that the resurrection of Christ, linked to our own resurrection on the last day, was real and bodily. Just as real as his death and burial. Especially clear and convincing is St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians where we read the following. He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 8. He says, For I delivered to you, first of all, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and after that to the eleven, then he was seen by more than 500 brethren at one time, many of whom are still with us, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and last of all, as by one born out of due time, he was seen by me. Close quote. So here you have apostles plus Paul, that's, 15, that's 13, plus 500 Corinthians. So here you... In one fell swoop, you have 513 people that saw the risen Christ. How many people do you need in a court of law to sustain a guilty verdict? You need two. Two witnesses will sustain you a verdict. Well, here we have 513 people that can go up on a witness stand and say, I saw the risen Christ. The Gospels are no less clear. They tell us that the tomb was empty, the stone was rolled away, and the soldiers were paid to say the apostles had stolen the body. By the way, <laughs> it's recorded that the stone that covered the cave was about a 2,000-pound rock. Who moved the stone? <laughs> Jesus moved the stone. Did he have to move the stone? No, he could have walked through the stone. He could have walked right through it. But he moved the stone for us. To show us that he's the conquering king. <clears throat> My name is Jesse Romero. We're talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm going into some of the nuances of the resurrection. Just want to remind you <clears throat> that if you like what you hear, can, you, you can support this show <clears throat> by, by uh, sharing the link at vmpr.org, vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio and our YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. This, this doctrine, the resurrection, is the most important doctrine in Christianity. Everything rides on this doctrine. We'll be right back. Jesus 911. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. The gospel of the resurrection. You know, this doctrine, it is the most important doctrine of Christianity. Everything rides on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that makes life worth living. The resurrection of Jesus Christ demonstrates God's full power. And the crucifixion demonstrates God's total love. Let me say that again. The crucifixion demonstrates God's total love for the human race. And the resurrection demonstrates God's full power over death. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you want further proof when you look at the Holy Bible... Further proof is given in 11 appearances. Did you get that? There's there's 11 different appearances of our Lord Jesus Christ to different individuals and to groups. You have one to Mary Magdalene. You have one to the pious women, to St. Peter, to the disciples on the way to Emmaus, and all the apostles except Thomas, to all of them with Thomas on another instance, to five apostles and to two apostles at Tiberias, to 11 apostles in Galilee, to 500 brethren in Corinth, to James, and to 11 apostles in Jerusalem. Jesus not only appeared, he talked and ate and showed that he was risen bodily. Now, get this. The Jewish historian... Flavius Josephus, who wrote, who lived between 37 AD and 100 AD, he writes briefly, but matter-of-factly, about Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Here's what he says. This is found in, in Antiquities of the Jews, Book 18, Chapter 3. These are the compiled works of Flavius Josephus the greatest Jewish historian that ever lived. He says, quote, Now there was was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man. For he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men amongst us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first, those that loved him at first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again at the at the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold, and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians, so named from him, are not extinct to this day. Close quote. That's a historical document written at the time of the apostles about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when you look at all the evidence, all this evidence, can we doubt the truth and sincerity of the faith that we profess in the resurrection? Not a chance. 
The whole account convinces us that Jesus Christ was everything he claimed to be. He is the promised one. He taught and founded a church, which is the pillar and foundation of truth. And here's something else that's interesting. You notice when people talk about Jesus, nobody says the late great Jesus. You notice that? Nobody says that about, you know, George Washington or Kennedy or Abraham Lincoln or <clears throat> Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Somebody who's dead, you talk about them, the late great Abraham Lincoln, the great, the late great uh, George Washington. Nobody says the late great Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he's alive. That's why. And today, today we glory in the truth. We glory in this. This is the truth that changed the world. This is the, tru the truth that caused time to stop. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today we glory in the truth. The uncontestable fact that Christ rose from the grave. These proofs are given in the hope of bolstering our faith. If need be. We give these proofs. To answer the many false statements about the resurrection. He is risen. We sing with the angels today. He is risen. We murmur in our hearts. He is risen. That is the conviction of our minds. Yet it is the theme song of our faith. It is the fact that makes Easter truly happy. May the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Bring you joy. I'll say it again. May the truth of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, bring you and your family joy. What can we say about Buddha? He died in 483 BC. No resurrection for Buddha. He remains in the grave. What can we say about Abraham? Abraham died around 1900 BC. He died at about the age of 175. He's buried in a cave in Machpelah near modern Hebron. He's still six feet under. He didn't rise from the dead. What about Confucius? Confucius died in 478 BC at the age of 74. He's buried in Kufo, China. He's still six feet under. No resurrection for Confucius. What about Muhammad? He died June 8th, 632 AD at the age of 61. Guess what? He's buried in Medina, Saudi Arabia, in a tomb. No resurrection for Muhammad. He remains six feet under. What about Zoroaster? He was born in 628 BC in Iran. He died in 551 BC. Guess what? No resurrection for Zoroaster the difference between Jesus Christ and all these other divine messengers is that Jesus Christ said he was going to rise from the dead and he did and all the other contenders are six feet under worm food compost no resurrection they had no power over death, unlike the Lord Jesus Christ, who has power over death. Death did not have the last word. <clears throat> Pope Benedict, many years ago, 
this is what he said about the resurrection to an Italian audience. He said this. He said, quote, The resurrection is a historical fact of which the apostles were witnesses, certainly not creators. A decisive leap towards a profoundly new dimension of life. Jesus Christ's victory over death remains the central element of Christian evangelization. Did you catch that? Jesus Christ's victory over death remains the central element of Christian evangelization. That's exactly why we have the power to share our faith is because we share our faith in a risen Savior, not a dead prophet. Let me give you a couple of reasons to believe in the resurrection. Let me give you 10. 10. As Catholic Christians, uh, remember, we believe in the resurrection not just because of the facts, It's an article of faith. Catholics don't have to believe in the resurrection in spite of the facts. Instead, we believe in the resurrection in light of the facts. Did you catch that? We believe in the resurrection in light of the facts. Let me me give some reasons. Let me give some reasons for our belief in Jesus' resurrection. This is an important key to defending the Christian faith against atheists and agnostics. In fact, the evidence for the resurrection as a historical event is so strong that even Dr. Antony Flew, until recently a noted proponent of atheism, had to admit the evidence for the resurrection is is better than, than for The evidence for the resurrection is better than for claimed miracles in any other religion. It's outstandingly different in quality and quantity from the evidence offered for the occurrence of most the other supposedly miraculous events. This guy was a very famous atheist who went and lectured around the world on, uh, on, on, on atheism and denouncing the the gospel message. So I'll read what Dr. Anthony Flew says again about the resurrection. He says, The evidence for the resurrection is better than for for claimed miracles in any other religions. He says, "It's It's outstandingly different in quality and quantity from the evidence offered for the occurrence of most other supposedly miraculous events. Dr. Anthony Flew. Here's also something we know. Here's the first point I want to make. There were very accurate predictions both in the Old Old Testament and the New Testament containing predictions of Jesus' death and resurrection. Numerous times in the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples and Jewish authorities that he would rise to life after three days in the earth. In fact, in John chapter 2, At the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus told this to the Jewish leaders. It made such an impression on the disciples 
that in verse 22, our Lord says, quote, so when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered, his disciples remembered that he said this. And they believed the, the, the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken, close quote. Very, very powerful, very powerful. The gospel writers included different details and material from different sources, all of which agreed on the fact of the resurrection. They used scripture from the Old Testament. They used scripture for our Lord's words himself. They used the tradition of the church. And the church all agree that Christ rose 100% of the early church. The second point is they were all willing to attest to miracles. All the early Catholic Christians. Jesus' resurrection. Ah, you're listening to Jesus 9-1. I'm talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Stay tuned. Stick around. Share us with your friends and evangelize everybody you love. And remember, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This day is an absolute game changer in Christianity. Because Christ is risen, that makes life worth living. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus Christ, his miracles. This is the second point I want to make. Jesus' resurrection was not a sudden miraculous cap to an, otherwise, to an otherwise remarkable life. Jesus had consistently demonstrated his authority over the material universe. From turning water into wine, to walking on water, to healing the sick to raising Lazarus from the dead. His resurrection is consistent with the power he demonstrated during his earthly ministry. In fact, Jesus performed 36 miracles that are recorded in the New Testament, not including his own resurrection. Think about that. Here's a third point I want to make about the resurrection. <clears throat> Jesus Christ went through an agonizing death. Jesus had numerous opportunities to avoid this fatal confrontation with the Jewish leaders and Roman authorities. No one is going to go through a Roman scourging and crucifixion as a hoax. Jesus submitted to the cross because it was necessary to pay for our sins. And he had, and he knew that he had the authority to conquer death. Here's the fourth point. You had some very angry authorities against our Lord. After word of Jesus' resurrection began to spread, the Jewish authorities wanted to, to put a stop to people believing in him. So, what they do? Producing the body of Jesus would have been the best way to do this. Even with support from the Roman authorities, 
they were never able to produce the body. All the Jews had to do to stop Christianity was produce the body of the dead body of Jesus Christ. And the Jews were never able to produce the dead body. Why? Because he's alive. Point number five, the absent body. The chief priest set a guard around Jesus, his, his tomb, to make sure the body was not stolen by his disciples. Those guards knew their lives could be at stake if they failed in their duty. But on the third day, guess what? <laughs> Jesus was gone. On the third day, he was gone. Once they regained their senses, the guards reported to the chief priests all that, all that had taken place, all that had happened. Why did they take this risk? Because they knew that they knew there was no body to recover. No one has ever found any credible evidence that the body of Jesus was anywhere to be found on planet Earth. Other resurrections are mentioned in the Bible, like Lazarus, Jairus' daughter, the widow's son in the town of Nain, but all of these died later on. Christ, his resurrection is unique in that it is never suggested that he died again like the others did. Here's a sixth point. You have some amazed apostles. After Jesus' arrest, most of his disciples fled. And it's clear from their reaction that they despised the cross and they were not anticipating a resurrection. Two of his disciples did not even recognize the risen Christ. Did you get that? Two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus did not even recognize the risen Jesus even <clears throat> as, as he was teaching them the scriptures related to himself. Their skepticism and shock show that they, they clearly were not part of some pre-planned hoax. Point number seven, you got agreeing eyewitnesses. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared to over 500 people, according to St. Paul, and he was writing not longer the event occurred. There were at least 515 eyewitnesses accounts in the New Testament that testified to his resurrection when you count the Corinthians, the, the, the apostles, uh, Paul himself, St. Mary Magdalene, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. We do not have a record of anyone disputing their testimony saying, I was there with them and they're making this up. It's a hoax. Nobody said that. What we do see is the cowardly apostles who fled the crucifixion had now become courageous Christians. They preached fearlessly that Christ was risen from the dead and they unanimously said it was because they saw Christ alive. We also have the transformation of Saul of Tarsus to St. Paul. He went from persecutor to believer after seeing Christ alive. Here's the eighth point that's worth making. The eighth point that's worth making. <clears throat> the apostolic martyrs. Think about this. 
People don't die for a lie. Let me say that again. People don't die for a lie. People don't die for a hoax. Yet many of these eyewitnesses accepted death rather than deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There have been many centuries of Christian martyrs. Christians from the first days to our own day have been willing to die for their conviction that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the Christian martyrs have always known that no Calvary, no Easter, no pain, no gain, no guts, no glory. We've always known that. Point number nine. Point number nine. The agnostic historians. Contemporary non-Christian historians reported that Jesus was reputed to have risen from the dead and that his followers were willing to die rather than recant their belief in Jesus. Non-Christian historical accounts such such as Tacitus and Josephus mention Christ and describe how Christians endured torture when simply renouncing him would end it. And then you have the attesting spirit. Over the centuries, the Holy Spirit continues to convict non-believers and assure believers that Jesus Christ is the risen Son of God. The early Christian church debated many fundamental things, but not, but, but not the resurrection. The gospel of the resurrection has given rise to a historical religion. Christianity spreads and continues to grow. Why? Because it's energized by a living Savior. Here's a couple of thoughts that will be helpful. The Christian faith, the Catholic Christian faith, is not fueled, it's not fueled by fossils, nor the sages of, nor by the sages of science. It's fueled by a living Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This babe from Bethlehem became the Christ on Calvary, has become the Lord of the empty tomb. Because he lives. Because he lives. All the arguments of the world are nonsense. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Just because he lives. The acid proof of Christianity was that Jesus conquered death on Easter Sunday. Think about it. The message of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the most important message of Christianity. And this is a central issue which gave life, power, and hope to the early church. The resurrection is what sets Christianity apart from any of the other world religions. The central truth of the resurrection is preached by the apostles made cowardly men into lions of the faith. Think about that. The apostles 
who were objectively speaking the apostles who were cowardly men the resurrection transformed them transformed them into lions of the faith the acid proof of Christianity is that Jesus Christ conquered death and the resurrection of our Lord is one of his greatest credentials that, that proves he's the son of God. I hope that you have a blessed Easter season. Easter is such a powerful day that as Catholics, it takes us eight days to celebrate it. This is Monday of the octave of Easter. I mean, excuse me, the resurrection. Monday within the octave of Easter. Of the resurrection. Easter is so powerful that in the Catholic Church, it's beyond one day. It takes us eight days to take it all in. When you hear the facts and you weigh the evidence, you will, you will see how it overwhelmingly supports that Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And because Christ is alive, that makes life worth living. Jesus 911, we'll be right back. Stick around, don't go anywhere. We'll be talking more on the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Happy Monday within the octave of Easter. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is so huge, so large, that it takes us eight days to celebrate as Catholic Christians. I just want to mention that I'm going to the Holy Land, October 6th to the 16th, 2023. If you'd like to come with me, I'd love, for, I'd love to hang out with you for nine days. And can you imagine, pray together, go to Mass together, answer your questions, walk in the land where Jesus walked. If you want to come to the Holy Land with me and my wife, Anita, go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. And the flyer is on the website on the front page. We would like to hang out with you for nine days in the land where Jesus walked in the land where God walked. Also, I want to remind you, all my East Coast brothers, that uh, the Temple of Satan is going to have a conference, uh, a satanic conference, over at the Boston Marriott and Copley Place in Boston, Massachusetts, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. Hoping and we'll be praying for you out here uh, from Phoenix, Arizona. <clears throat> all the Catholics out here will be having our own little uh, prayer, prayer rallies for you over the East Coast. But I hope and pray that you all, you could all organize. And in fact, if you want to know the prayers that I prayed uh, at the Satanic Conference when they came over here, when I did a, a peaceful, prayerful rally of reparation when the Satanists came to Scottsdale, go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. And there I have it, the, on the front page, on the front page, go, to, go where it says downloads, down, Jesse, Jesse's essay downloads, Jesse's downloads. And you'll see it says, 
Uh, there's three PDF files, information for prayer rally at SatanCon, information for prayer rally at SatanCon. I have the prayers that I use for three hours from 12 noon to 3 p.m., Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I have all the information that you should do before you go out there. Go to confession, go to mass, make sure you're in a state of grace. Let the police department know that you're going to organize out there and do a prayerful rally of reparation. And then I also have a list of, of I have a list of, where I have the order of the prayers that I did, the, the order of the prayers and why I did them specifically. There's spiritual warfare prayers that we prayed for three hours over there. So uh, I'm, I'm wishing you uh, success and Godspeed to all my br- brothers and sisters in Christ out there in Boston, Massachusetts. <clears throat> I'm talking about <coughs> the resurrection. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Let me get a couple, little, little drink here, my tea. <clears throat> Okay, you know, Socrates once said the unexamined life is not worth living. When I was 12 years old at a youth retreat at Our Lady Queen of Angels Seminary in Los Angeles, I heard a song on Sunday and the song was taken from John chapter 11, verse 25. The song went like this. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live a new life. Close quote. I knew these words, I knew these were the words of Jesus Christ. I knew that. I was fascinated. At that moment, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has been in my thoughts. And I've contemplated this event since I was a kid. The preaching of the apostles centered on the changeless fact of the resurrection. The whole uh, preaching thrust of the apostolic age was based on the fact that one day that one quiet morning in an obscure garden Jesus had defeated our our most feared enemy the angel of death Satan had defeated the first Adam in a garden ages before and with his victory commenced the reign of sin and death over mankind but now in God's appointed time and plan Satan met the second Adam in still another garden and death was swallowed up in victory. And death was swallowed up in victory. At the resurrection, our Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ defeated death in hand-to-hand combat. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is bedrock reality. What is the resurrection? The Bible teaches that Jesus is the son of God and that he was crucified and died for the forgiveness of our sins. He was crucified. Excuse me. He was resurrected. He he resurrected from the dead. He rose from the dead. And is alive today and forever. Around around AD 33. Around AD 33. Jesus of Nazareth. Son of Joseph. Son of Mary. Was crucified during the reign of Roman Emperor Tiberius. Who reigned from about 14 to 37 AD in the city of Jerusalem in the province of Judea. 
after dying on the cross, he was buried in the tomb of a prominent Jewish leader named Joseph of Arimathea. <clears throat> Early on Sunday morning after his crucifixion, several, several women who had followed Jesus, including Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, went to Jesus' tomb. They went to Jesus' tomb, intending to anoint the body with spices and ointments. The woman wondered who would roll away the stone for them. Suddenly there was an earthquake and an angel appeared. The women found the tomb empty. They feared something had happened to the body of Jesus. An angel assured the woman that Jesus was alive and had risen from the dead. Leaving the tomb, the women went to tell Jesus what had happened. Before they reached the disciples, Jesus himself appeared to the women. Over the next 40 days, Jesus appeared to well more than 500 other people, proving he had risen from the dead. And over the centuries, skeptics have developed several objections to the resurrection of Jesus and have proposed several alternative theories about what actually happened to the body of Jesus Christ. In post-Christian America, few people are aware that belief in the resurrection is not a blind leap into the dark, but faith founded on fact. It is historic and evidential. Thus, it is defensible. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is an inconvenient truth. There are four things that we factually and historically know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, Jesus Christ did actually die. These four things can be demonstrated and established. Number two, Jesus' tomb is empty. Number three, Jesus appeared to many in his resurrected glorified body. Number four, Jesus' resurrection has transformed the world like no other event. <clears throat> Let me take the testimony of a soldier who was there. St. Longinus was a soldier who pierced Jesus' side with a spear. St. Longinus was a centurion. That means he was a commander in charge of 100 soldiers. He's the one that said, quote, truly, this was the son of God in Matthew 27, verse 54. He was in command of the Roman soldiers who presided over the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ on Golgotha. He was also the centurion who pierced Christ's side with a spear in order to confirm his death, after which the wound discharged a rush of blood and water that healed an eye infection, which was causing him to go blind. St. Longinus played a major role in helping to establish the truth about Christ's resurrection. The Jewish elders who had ordered the death of Jesus bribed the Roman soldiers to spread the lie that Jesus' disciples had stolen his body under cover of darkness and made off with it. St. Longinus ruined their plans, their devious plans. By refusing to accept the bribe, he instead began telling the, the, the world the true story of how Christ's body had risen into the glory of the resurrection. Since St. Longinus, the soldier, 
wanted no part of their conspiracy or their money, the Jews decided they would simply murder this truth-telling centurion in cold blood. But the soldier was a man of courage and integrity. As soon as he heard about the plot to kill him, he took off his military garb, underwent baptism with several fellow soldiers, and then hurried off to Cappadocia and was now a Christian. But the treacherous Jews were not finished with him. They convinced Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea under the emperor Tiberius Caesar, to issue a strict order to his troops to find this Christian centurion and behead him immediately. St. Longinus was arrested. He prepared himself for his execution by praying throughout the night and then clothing himself in spotlessly white burial garb. The Roman soldiers protested his execution because of his noble character, honesty, and courage. In the end, St. Longinus and the two fellow soldiers who had stood with him at the foot of the cross were taken to Jerusalem and beheaded. And the centurion's destiny as a martyr for Jesus Christ was fulfilled. The story of the Roman soldier who participated in killing Jesus Christ and was then martyred himself lives on as a treasured story that there is forgiveness of sins for every sinner at the foot of the cross. St. Longinus, pray for us. This is our Catholic faith. The crucifixion demonstrates Jesus Christ's total love. The resurrection demonstrates Jesus Christ's full power over death. St. Ambrose of Milan once said, What grief is there which the grace of the resurrection does not console? And there's an old ancient Eastern supplication known as the Trisagion. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Mortal One. This is an Eastern prayer. It's called the Trisagion. It is said to have been sung by the seraphim as they they hovered over Christ asleep in death on the cross and in the tomb, according to a beautiful Syriac tradition. That's a wrap, family. I love you. Happy Monday within the octave of Easter. Yesterday was the day that changed the world. Absolutely game changer. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. The big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. See you next time. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.